0: To be in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much, worship team. Amen. 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 We serve a God who is our Father, and our Father delights in giving good gifts to his children. And uh, we're here this morning to receive gifts. There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing selfish, getting around the Christmas tree, and somebody gives you a gift, and you say, oh, no, no, I couldn't take that. I don't want to be selfish, right? You're shaking the box before Christmas comes. You're trying to figure out what it is, right? There's anticipation. And I believe the Father, I mean, I got stuff for our sons for, for Christmas, and daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law-to-be, and all that good stuff, and, and I'm kind of like, I can't wait for Christmas to come, because uh, I just think it's something they're going to love, they're going to enjoy, and I'm looking forward to seeing the expression on their face. Uh, Did you feel that way as parents? I mean, think of it for a moment, right? Isn't it hard? I mean, you think the kids have a hard time. We as parents have a hard time because we know what's inside, right? And how much more do you think, as Jesus said, if you being fundamentally evil or, you know, fundamentally kind of, uh, you know, selfish, self-centered human beings, imagine your heavenly father who loves you with a perfect love, who knows your every need, who knows the gifts that you need. Imagine his anticipation. When he says, oh, I just can't wait for you to receive the gift I have for you. I can't wait for you to see the expression on your face. I can't wait to see the change it's going to bring to your life. I just think that's the Father's heart for us. And what I want to share this morning, I believe be are just some things I believe the Lord wants us to receive. Uh, As we move toward Christmas in this Christmas season, as we move into the new year, maybe some of us are going to the new year thinking, well, it's just going to be like the old year, or maybe we're not anticipating the new year, or we're kind of going to the new year with a sense of ambiguity, just for whatever happens, happens. I believe this morning the Lord has gifts for us. There are things that He wants us to receive by the Holy Spirit this Christmas season He wants us to embrace that really will make a difference in the days ahead, in us and through our lives. The Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, many of us know the story well, but it's the story of an angel named Gabriel who appears to a young girl in the middle of a nowhere village, this young little girl named Mary, and tells her that she is going to have a child, that the Messiah is going to be born in through her. And of course, her reaction is, well, how in the world is something like this going to happen? Well, we pick up the story here. I just have two verses I want to read. Verse 34 and 35 Mary says to the angel, and by the way, we don't have any evidence that the angel had wings and was clothed in a white gown and beautiful hair and blue eyes. It could have just been an angel, oftentimes it happens, that just appears in human form, that knocks on the door or comes to the person and says, here's a word from the Lord. But we do know that the angel spoke to Mary, and Mary said, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, and will you read this with me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child, the Son of God, I got the word he mixed up there somehow. The means by which the Savior came into the world, I want you to just think of this for a moment. I know we hear the story many times throughout the year around Christmas, but the means by which Jesus the Messiah comes into the world is through an ordinary person. An ordinary young girl named Mary, like I can say, in the middle of a nowhere village through a miracle pregnancy. And the question on Mary's mind is, well, what you're saying sounds pretty spectacular, but how in the world that's going to happen? I mean, I've never known a man. I'm betrothed to be married. I've not been with a man. How am I going to conceive and have a child? And, of course, the angel says it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, would it be too trite to say the Holy Spirit is the true spirit of Christmas. He really is. He's the true spirit of Christmas. And you know, I believe really central to my ministry over the past 30-odd years has really been a desire for the people of God to understand God's intention is not only that you know Jesus. His intention is that Jesus happens through you. That's really the thrust of my heartbeat in ministry, and I believe it's the heart of God, that he happens through us. That's what happened to Mary. And yet Christmas is not just about a story of something that happened past tense a long time ago. It's a story about what happens in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Christmas story is not just a story about something God did, that kind of launched the church and launched this opportunity for salvation, I believe within the Christmas story, we see what uh, what began, but we also have a pattern of what God wants to do on a regular basis. The ministry of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit that surrounds the Christmas story is something He wants to happen in us today. Now, the Christmas story, as you may know, is recorded in two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke. They have different accounts of different aspects, different views of the same story. But what is unique about the gospel of Luke or the person of Luke is that he has a very strong emphasis on the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit, not only at the beginning of the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, but also through the entire account of Jesus' ministry. And what I find really interesting about that is that Luke is actually a scientist, He's a doctor. He's also regarded as a leading historian because his account matches beautifully with the secular accounts of ancient times. Luke was a scholar. Luke was a brilliant mind, okay? I want you to understand that. He's not just some religious guy who's given two chills down his spine and, you know, sensational things. This is a very intelligent man, okay, a scholar, a man who's every bit as wise as the intellectuals of our day, and yet here's what Luke is saying. He's saying, I'm writing an account of something God did in this world that you may understand what I've come to understand, and that is how the world changes, how the world is made different. He says, this is how Christmas happened, and it happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't have any evidence that Luke actually knew Jesus from Scripture, that he knew him personally. Uh, What we do believe from what Luke says is that he recorded what he recorded. Of course, the Holy Spirit led him, but it was through eyewitness accounts or people who had been with Jesus in their ministry, but for Luke, it's secondhand knowledge. And yet Luke is also the personal physician, the Apostle Paul. So as Luke is traveling around with Paul many years later, or a few years later, actually, when he's traveling around with Paul and he's seen the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ penetrating all these pagan cultures with miracles and signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the word, then Luke becomes absolutely convinced of the need for the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke is also the one, of course, who wrote the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is the testimony of how what really changes the world happens by the power of God, but it happens through people. that's what I want us to see this morning. It happens by the power of God, but it happens through people. And that brings us back to Mary, the event that set all of this change into motion. And it happened by a personal work of the Holy Spirit in and through Mary's life. And this is what I really want to get at this morning, is that the Holy Spirit who worked in Christmas past is the same Holy Spirit who works in Christmas present. And I want us to see a few ways this morning that the Holy Spirit worked at Christmas. And then I I want to encourage us this morning to receive ourselves at least one of these ways, if not more. Say, Lord, I want to receive this thing into my life if it's not already active in my life as a person in whom the Holy Spirit dwells. And I want to see these things happen through my life by that same power. The first thing I want to talk about is the word that was given a promise to Zechariah that a son would be born to him. Zechariah was a priest in the temple of God, one of the priests, and he was given a promise in his old age that he and his wife would have a child. To this point, his his wife was barren, not able to have children, and now they're advanced in years, and he gets a promise from the same angel that this miracle is going to happen. And the angel says this about, about his son. He will be great before the Lord, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now, as I mentioned, up until this time, they were too old to have children. The promise comes they are going to have a son, and their son is named John, or whom we would know as John the Baptist. And the promise is this. Not only are you going to have a son who's going to be born to you late in your years, born in a womb that was to this point barren, Not only are you going to have a son, but that son is going to have an unusual anointing of the Holy Spirit upon his life, something that was not normal until the time that Jesus came and now, of course, is available to all. But your son, John, is going to have an unusual anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin this morning by asking you to join me in believing this Christmas season and believing into the new year. That God is going to pour out His Spirit upon our children. How many would say, I need to begin to believe for that again? That our children are going to know God and they're going to know the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. God promised through His prophets of old and again through Peter on the day of Pentecost, He said that this promise, this promise of the Holy Spirit, it is for you and then who else? And for your children. And you see, that happens, I really believe, when we as adults, when we as the adults in a congregation, that we begin to pray again, pray for our children to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's probably one of those areas as parents that we probably neglect more than anything else in the body of Christ, not just as parents, as grandparents, or just as elders within our body, that we we, we forget sometimes to be praying on a regular basis for our children to be filled or ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit. It needs to be a constant prayer for us this year. And it's not just that our our children or grandchildren would have an experience. That's not what we're praying for. But we're praying that our children would know and that they would live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our prayer. That needs to be our prayer afresh this Christmas season and going into the new year. Now, for Elizabeth, John, of course, wasn't born that day that she received the promise, but the promise came that day. And that promise is still for you and me. In fact, Acts 16.31 says this, that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, but not only you, who else? Your household. You see, when the kingdom comes into your life, that kingdom has power, that kingdom has presence. And you have authority in the realm of the spirit. And the Lord wants you to hold on to that word. And you may be here this morning and say, well, pastor, I've served the Lord for many years, but that's not a reality right now today. It wasn't a reality of the very day it was spoken to Elizabeth either. But the, it came to pass. It was the word of God to her, defying every odd. And a, a child was born to them. And I want to encourage you this morning, if that's where you may be, I want to encourage you to receive that promise again as a mother or as a father. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe you've neglected it. Maybe you've allowed the natural things that you see to determine whether or not you can believe for it. But God's word says you will be saved and your household. And I want to encourage you to take that again. And of course, Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2, the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on all people. And what will happen? And your sons and your daughters will prophesy prophesy. That is the spirit of Christmas present. How many would believe for that? How many would say, Lord, this Christmas season, I want to lay hold of that promise again. I want to lay hold of that and walk through that this year, that my sons and my daughters, they will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that my sons and my daughters, they will prophesy for the Lord. They will declare the glorious wonders of God, things that they don't know. We need to be praying that for our children. Move down to verse 35. We have the story now of the angel speaking to Mary, what you might call the redemptive entry. Uh, The angel answered her, saying to Mary, when she said, how will this happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And when I read that, I think, what an incredibly beautiful picture of how God comes to us. He comes to us with love and with healing, He comes to us with wisdom and with truth. He comes to us with the power of deliverance right in the middle of circumstances in a way that is so far beyond our own ability. Again, the theological term is redemptive entry. What that refers to is those situations which if they are left to themselves, nothing's going to change. But if God moves in, things will change. That's redemption. Redemption is God's work but it's through people. And that's what I want us to catch this Christmas season. I really believe in the Christmas season, the season of Advent. If we will prepare ourselves and we can enjoy this season, we should enjoy it more than anybody else. More than anybody else, we should delight in in choosing gifts and wrapping them and and decorating our tree and all that goes with this and celebrates that the light of the world has come and the gift giver has given his son to us. All those things are beautiful and meaningful. But if if that's all we do, we'll miss, as much as we may enjoy it, we'll miss what this season can be and what the Lord intends for us to be a season of preparing our hearts to receive what these symbols represent to remind ourselves as we look around and say, Lord, I I just love the light. Well, Lord, is your light shining in me? Or has it become dim? So as I move into a new year, Lord, I want to take this next while through the Christmas season, and I want to remind myself and spend time with you and allow you to to prune me, allow you, Lord, to cut away the, the wax and the debris, allow you to search my heart that I might shine brighter. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Whatever it may be, so don't get lost in the preparations. Allow them to point you to the ultimate preparations which is our own hearts and what the Lord wants to do in us. Because all of these things speak to what God wants to do through us. God wants redemption to come through his people. You see, when Jesus came into the world, we know he didn't come as an adult. He didn't come as a 33-year-old man and, and walk into town and say, I'm here to take my throne. Uh, When Jesus came to the world, God didn't design it that he would come as a baby, but come from heaven on angels' wings and be laid in a manger or laid in some palace. He didn't do it that way. How did Jesus come? He came through a person. Do you hear me this morning? You say, Pastor, I know the story. But think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, came into this world through a person. He came in being born through a woman named Mary. He came as one of us. He came as God with us. But nothing about his entry into our world was comfortable or convenient, right? If you know the story, a young girl's life was turned upside down. A young man's life was turned upside down. At a young age, she was going to have a child and go through all the stretching and all the, the pains of delivery. She was going to have to travel for miles to Bethlehem and be and have her child born in a little barn. She would have to flee to Egypt, return back home years later, and then and then. Carried the reputation all of her life of having had a child out of wedlock. It was in the midst of all of that. It was in the midst of real life. It was in the midst of real challenges, disadvantages, difficulties. That God is saying, this is the way that I work. I work through people. I work through people in the messiness of life. I work through my people in in situations where unless I do something, nothing's going to change. And I want to invite you this Christmas season to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you do through me in a new way this Christmas season, in a new way this year? You know, so often our attitude is, Lord, I'd love to see such and such change. I'd love to see this situation change. I'd love to see my marriage change. Or I'd love to see my workplace change, or whatever the case may be. But I don't want to be put out myself right? It's just kind of like, Lord, you do it. I don't want to be personally involved. Here's what needs to be changed. You're God. I'm not. You do it. And the Lord says, no, you got it half right. I'm God, but I live in you. You do it. I'll do it through you. Big difference, you see? So we look all around us, and I want to encourage us this Christmas season to say, Lord, where are those places where there are difficulties? where are the lives, where are the circumstances, whatever it may be, that, Lord, in the mess of wherever you have placed me, Lord, what would you do redemptively through me? And, Lord, I just open myself to you afresh. You might say, well, pastor, I've been in that situation for so long, or people know me, they don't expect anything of me. That can all change. All it takes in you is a heart that's open and say, Lord, Maybe I've plateaued. Maybe I've been stuck in this same place for a long, long time, not believed for anything, not allowed you to use me. But, Lord, I choose this morning to decide that I'm going to yield myself to you. And whatever it is you're going to do in and through me, Lord, that I can be redemptive in what you want to do around me. He works through ordinary people like you. Because any time God wants to make a difference, what's he going to do? He's going to make a difference in your world and mine through you and me. That's how it works. And it happens in the most natural ways. As natural as giving birth, it's just that natural. Uh, Alex and I, this past week, were down to uh, Costco. Um, kind of a crazy place. They got 400 more parking spots, and it's hard to find a place to park. I don't know how that works. <clears throat> but in any case, we were down there. And I noticed when we were, when we were shopping, I noticed this elderly lady pushing to her cart, this tiny lady, she had a cane uh, stuck in her cart, and she was walking down there. The place was busy, so she just kind of caught my eye. But when we uh, finished shopping, and we were leaving, to walking toward our car, and I noticed this same lady. She had just gotten to the back of her SUV, and the, the back was, was uh, open, and uh, she had a lot of these heavier, larger items, and she was just about to try to get them in. And we walked by, and we said, hey, can we, can we do that for you? Can we give you a hand? And her face just lit up, and so we took a moment, and we, we packed it perfectly. And that's kind of a fun part, too, is you you know you get all these items. I'm going to fit them in here. You know, guys take pride in that kind of thing. So we had it all figured out, got it all tucked away for her, and she was so happy. And she said, you know what? Actually, my husband told me not to come today because uh, he knows I can't lift that stuff. He said, how in the world are you going to lift all that stuff? And uh, she said, I came anyway. That's, you know, when you're married 60 years, I guess. Whatever, I'm going to shop So she decided, I'm gonna go, you know, take care of it somehow. So uh, so after we all had it packed away, she said, Oh, God sent you. And you know what he did? He did. And then we noticed that cane, and we asked her, said, You got a cane? You feeling okay? Do you have pain or whatever? She said, Oh, I got pain everywhere but my neck. She's like, turn my head, that's about it. So so we took a few moments and ministered to her and prayed for her in the parking lot. And again, she was just so delighted. And she looked at us, she said. And it was kind of funny because she seemed like she was almost awkward for her. But she said, would you mind if I give you a hug? You're talking to the right person. (laughs) So we gave her big hugs and she was so happy and so thankful. But you see, it's just that natural. It's just that natural. Whatever need we, we come across, whether it's someone we know, someone we don't, something that seems to have been that way for years or just something we happen upon, the Lord wants to bring that same redemptive entry through ordinary people like you and me through the course of our day, just like it did 2,000 years ago by the same Holy Spirit who lives in us. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. That's the true spirit of Christmas at work in his people. And this Christmas, I want to invite us to say, Lord, I just present myself afresh to you to do something redemptive through me. I may not be able to think of something that I can do, Lord, but by your spirit in me, I know that you can do it. And again, these are not profound thoughts this morning, perhaps, but I want to just jog our memories a little bit, our minds a little bit, and ask ourselves, in this Christmas season, where are we? Are we being redemptive? are we just kind of getting through the season and into the new year? This is a time to remind ourselves that the same spirit who worked that through this precious young girl who yielded herself to God is the same spirit who wants to work through the same kind of people today. Amen? Okay, verse 30, 41 and 42. We see another ministry of the Holy Spirit is prophesying with power. Verse 41 in Luke chapter 2. This, this third reference of the Holy Spirit is in relation to Elizabeth, whom Mary came to visit. The scripture says, at the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. Now, try to imagine this. Mary is going to visit her cousin. Biblically, it's her relative. Other translations say it's her cousin. But she hasn't told Mary a single word about her pregnancy. In fact, Mary doesn't even look pregnant at this stage. She's only found out that she's going to conceive. And yet when Mary steps to the front door of the entrance of her, of her relative Elizabeth, Elizabeth receives a prophetic word that is so encouraging and so affirming And so deliberate. It's not by chance that Elizabeth uses the same words as the angel Gabriel when he greeted Mary and said, Mary, highly favored of God. You have great favor with what God has laid upon your heart, what God has spoken to you, what God is going to do through you. She basically says the same thing Elizabeth does by the Holy Spirit to Mary when she comes to visit. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had the experience of receiving a word from the Lord maybe receiving an encouraging word or or maybe a prompting in your heart, something you read in Scripture, just an impression of the Lord. where He's encouraged you. He's lifted you up or spoken something, a promise to you in the middle of your situation, and you're encouraged at that moment, and it's wonderful. But then as you begin to walk through your week, you begin to think and you begin to wonder whether or not that was really from the Lord you wonder if maybe it's not something that you were just imagining or maybe it's just your own wishful thinking because it doesn't seem like anything is happening right now. You know, contrary to what many Christians think, Mary was not a super saint. The reason she went, what I mean by that is she had no advantage over you. The reason she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth was because the angel had told her that Elizabeth was child as well, so as was the custom of the day, she traveled to see her cousin, her relative, in order to help her in her pregnancy. And so she goes down to see her, and it's a long trip that Mary is taking that probably took several days. Now, understand this. At this point, as Mary is traveling to see her cousin, Mary's been told she's going to have a child miraculously. At this point, Mary hasn't told Joseph Mary has no idea what she's going to say to Joseph. And so I can just imagine, if I've used my imagination a little bit, I can imagine that she's making this long trek. Would have taken a few days, if not several days, day after day on that road, alone with her thoughts. She's walking along, and she's probably not thinking the whole time, I'm pregnant with the Messiah. Hallelujah! She's probably not thinking that. She's probably thinking, Did I really hear right? I mean, how is this really going to happen to me? And I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying that because I think that's where you and I live as well. Mary was a believer just like we are. But we all live there. God makes something real to your heart. He makes something clear to you. But with the passing of time or maybe circumstances seem to change and you begin to wonder... Did God really speak that to me, or was it just my imagination? Have you ever had those times where you just feel like the Lord's encouraged you, and he just picks you up, and all of a sudden it's like I can see clearly, and all that stuff that was kind of hassling me, it's put in the proper place. But it might be 10 minutes later, (laughs) and your mood changes. It might be a day or two later. Time just kind of goes, and it's been a while since you had that feeling again. And you're wondering whether or not you really heard right. Friends, that's why God gives words of knowledge and words of prophecy for us to speak to one another. God gives us words as brothers and sisters to stimulate each other, to encourage one another in what God is doing in people's hearts. When somebody doesn't know what's happened to you, but they say, you know, the Lord showed me such and such, that's a real confirming word. That's a beautiful thing, a beautiful ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it is such a vital manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of God's people. I want to encourage us this morning, this Christmas season, I want to encourage us to open our hearts and say, Lord, when I go to church, I'm not just getting up at the right time so I have enough time to get ready and walk in the church door. Lord, when I look at going to church on a Sunday morning, or any gathering, let's just say Sunday morning, I want to come prepared to minister. I know i got to wake somebody up, but, okay, just say yes. But do you hear me this morning? Because, you see, we have been programmed in our culture, our consumer-entitled culture, we've been programmed to come and get. This is what I need. You know what you need? You need the Holy Spirit flowing through you. That's all you need. That's all you need. You need to sense the presence and power of God. You need to come into church, kind of like Simeon did in days of old, waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting to see the Messiah. You need to kind of have that that prompting in your heart that the Holy Spirit can find a sensitive heart. It doesn't mean we're all going to do it all the same every single Sunday, but there ought to be something in our hearts that says, Holy Spirit, is this the day that you have a word for somebody through me? Is this the day you would have me be encouraging somebody? Is this the day, Lord, that you would use me? Can you imagine the difference in the house of God when there's a buzz before the service or after the service and we're ministering to one another the things that the Lord is laying upon our heart to minister? I believe the Lord desires that for all of us. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about giving people direction for their lives. I don't think that's really our business, but the Bible does clearly say in 1 Corinthians 14 that when someone prophesies, he speaks what? He speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. And there's nothing more comforting than somebody saying to you, the Lord put you on my heart. The Lord impressed me to share this or this with you. And it confirms what the Lord has already spoken to you. That's the key. Because I believe with all my heart, there are many promises, precious promises, that the Lord speaks to us in various ways, and it encourages our heart at the moment, but we don't lay hold of them. Or the person that God would use to confirm that to us is maybe not obedient. And over time, we let that promise wane, don't we? We just kind of forget about that and we fall back into the rut or the routine or the relationship, whatever it may be, that is less than what God wants it to be. And we miss out on what the Lord has for us. I was wrestling just this past week with with an issue in prayer. It was just kind of one of those knock-down Drago time of prayer that we need to have from once in a while. And I was just, I was just calling her to God, and there was just things I was wrestling with about a certain issue and even wrestling with certain things that I was feeling. And it doesn't usually happen this way for me, at least not this quick. But that very day, somebody passed me a note. They said, Pastor, I just believe this is from the Lord for you. They gave me a note, and it spoke to the very issue I was praying about. And not only to the issue, it spoke to the very feelings that I was feeling in my quiet time in prayer. You don't think that was encouraging? You don't think we need those kind of gifts and operation in the body of Christ? You don't think that God can bring to pass some glorious things if His people would be open to the prophetic, would be open to the Spirit of God, lighting upon their heart and sharing what God, you still have to weigh it out. The Lord wants to speak to you first, but we all know how wonderful that gift can be so that rather than the promises of God to us and to others, just kind of washing down the drain, that we begin to lay hold of those things and the the things the Lord intends to happen actually begin to come to pass. I thought that was a good point. But I want to challenge you this morning. I'm not interested in just getting through a sermon, saints. I want to challenge you this morning to take this word. I want to challenge you to open your heart and say, Lord, I receive from you the ability that you've given to me to be a prophetic, confirming person, to speak into lives, things that you have already begun, that your purposes will come to pass. We've been talking all fall about hearing the voice of God and the intention is not, here's another topic, close the manual, go back to living the way we were. We want to hear the voice of God, right? We want to be people who are led by the Spirit of God. We want to be a people who understand that it's natural to be supernatural but it requires a heart that says, Lord, each day, when I wake up, what are you doing today? Lord, train my ear. Lord, show me what to cut away that's deafening me, that's distracting in me. I want to be a vessel of honor for you. I want to be a vessel that you use as I walk through the day, wherever it may be. Lord, if you need to be redemptive, if you need to do redemptive things through me, then so be it. Lord, if you need to speak to somebody today, help me to hear your voice so that I know what to say, not just to believers in the workplace. Hey, God laid me on your heart. Does this make any sense to you, you might say? First thing, yeah, yeah, you you know, whatever. The door's wide open. And it's wide open for the entry of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas, into lives around us. And this ties into verse 67. We see this loosening of Zechariah's tongue. Verse 67, Then Zechariah was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. In the next 12 verses, we read this glorious prophecy that he brings. Now, if you know the story of Zechariah, again, he was a priest in the temple, and the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah and said, Listen, you're old age. I know your wife is barren. You're going to have a son. Zechariah said, I can't believe that, which most of us probably would have said. And the angel says later on, Well, because of your unbelief, you're not going to be able to speak for a while. And so he struck. He can't talk. And so he's using gestures and hand signals, whatever else. People know that that he's had a vision or something. Something has has taken place. Well, nine months later, his son is born. And when his son is born, the relatives are all in their busy bodies saying, what are you going to name your son? And Elizabeth says, we're supposed to name him John. And the relatives say, no, no, you shouldn't name him after his father, Zachariah. He's the firstborn son and yada, yada. And so Zachariah kind of gets riled up. He still can't speak yet, but he takes out some parchment. He writes, John is his name. And as soon as he does it, the Bible says that his mouth opens and his tongue is loosened and he begins to prophesy, and begins to declare the glorious purpose of God through his Son and through the Messiah. Friends, my prayer this Christmas season, honestly, it's, Lord, loosen my tongue. Loosen my tongue. Now, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you talk long enough as it is. Don't pray for that. But it is my prayer. It's my prayer that God would loosen my tongue into a whole new dimension of prayer, a whole new dimension of praise, a whole new dimension of the prophetic, that the Lord would release my tongue to speak things that I don't know in my natural mind, but that come from the Lord, glorious things. And I want to challenge you this morning to make that your prayer as well. Lord, I pray for a new expression of faith this season. Let me ask you what you're looking forward to in the new year, anything at all. Let me ask you, what has the Lord laid upon your heart that He's saying, this is what I want to do in you? We've been talking about enlarging the place of your tent, the place of your dwelling, the place of your capacities to house the presence of the Holy Spirit in His ministry. Enlarge the place of your influence. Let me ask you, what has the Holy Spirit laid upon your heart that He's saying, this is what I want to do in you because I want to stretch you. I don't want your next year to be just like your former year. Even if it was good, I want to build upon that and bring you into new things. And if the Lord wants to do that, then he's talking to you about things that he wants to grow in you. He wants you to be a new expression of prayer and of worship. And while you're at it, why not pray that the Holy Spirit do a new work in your heart? It's out of your heart that the mouth speaks. Pray that God would free you from speaking doubt. Pray that he would loosen your tongue and free you from always speaking fear. And speaking what you can't do or what never seems to happen right for you or, or even free you from speaking the status quo. Well, I guess it's just going to be that way. It's always been that way. Pray for a loosening of your tongue, a loosening to speak only the revelation of God's Word and of God's will. I'm going to invite the musicians to come. Zechariah prophesied. He prophesied that his son John would be the forerunner to the Messiah. He'd prepare the hearts of the people to embrace Jesus. And then he went on to say this about Jesus. This is a different translation, but I love these words. He said, The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation. Now, as I read this scripture, I want you to think about the fact that this is God's will for today, right? The Holy Spirit lives in us. Jesus said, you are light in this world. Let's remember who we are. Beloved, now you are the sons and daughters of God. That's who you are today. Now listen to the scripture. The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation all because the merciful heart of our God is so very tender. The word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness, near death's dark shadow. And he will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. You can insert your name in this paragraph, because that's what the Lord intends for you and me. The Lord intends to show his light through us. The Lord intends as we move through our city, move through our workplace, that people would literally sense that there's a sunrise in the office. There ought to be, right? When you, right? <laughs> okay, I'm almost done. Hang with me. But there ought to be a difference when you walk into the office. There ought to be a sense of hope and affirmation and faith when you're part of the conversation. There ought to be some divine options when you find yourself in the middle of a situation and nobody has any hope. There ought to be a voice in there that has faith. There ought to be a voice in there that has some kind of passion in the sense of destiny, in the sense that, you know what? Something has happened in this world by the coming of our Savior and the power of the Holy Spirit that things can change. And He can change through me. He can change wherever He leads us in the midst of those different scenarios by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the writer was saying, this is how the world becomes different. This is what happened at Christmas. And the same Holy Spirit who worked in Christmas past is the same Holy Spirit who works in Christmas present. And if you really have the Holy Spirit within you, if you really believe in the spirit of Christmas, then these are the kinds of things that we need to receive afresh. These are the kind of things that we need to say, Lord, do it today in me. Do it afresh. Would you stand with me? Let's stand together. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come. If you're here this morning and you just like to receive prayer, we just always like to give you the opportunity, whatever the need may be, or even something from the Word this morning to say, hey, you know what? I want you to agree with me in prayer. The Lord spoke to me with this. I want to receive this. They want to join with you in prayer. So they're here. But I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to close your eyes and just lift your hands. Whatever height is comfortable is totally up to you. But it's just an act of surrender. And I want to ask you this morning to to ask the Lord, which of these four things does he want you to receive afresh today? Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I need to pray and begin to believe again for a fresh fullness of the Holy Spirit for my children and for my grandchildren. Or maybe you'd say, I need to agree again and receive the Lord doing something redemptive through me. Not just expecting him to change, but to change things through me. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I just need to be that, I just felt the Holy Spirit prompting me that I need to lay hold of this propheticness, this, this, this prophetic ministry that you would do through me. I want to encourage people around me. I want to have a word from you for them. Or it may just be this morning a loosening of your tongue and say, Lord, I just receive a fresh, fresh faith. I just receive you afresh, oh Lord, because I want to, this Christmas season, moving to move moving into the new year, Lord, I want to speak faith, I want to speak hope, I want to speak things from you, Lord, that I've not yet seen, but I know it's a word from you, Lord, forgive me for speaking doubt, and fear, and negative all the time, and criticism, forgive me for buying into those things, of what I see around me, Lord, help me to speak those things that I don't see yet, as though they were, because Lord, you've given me that word this morning, So as the worship team leads us I just felt this morning to close this way and again feel free at any time to step out if you'd like to receive prayer if you're here this morning perhaps and you don't know Jesus but you say I want to know what it is to know Jesus Christ I want to know what it is to have a relationship with a living God would you come? I just invite you to come and stand with one of these folks they'd love to share with you and have prayer with you they're not going to keep you long but they'd love to minister to you this morning but as Christian leads us Would you just do that this morning by surrendering your heart? Just pick one of these four things and say, Lord, I just receive a fresh, a fresh. It may be more than one. But don't leave here this morning with the gift of God sitting on the chair beside you. Open the gift the Lord is offering you this morning, what he wants to do in your heart and what he wants to lead you into the new year. And say, Lord, I want to receive these gifts. I want the Holy Spirit, the true spirit of Christmas to be at work in and through my heart today. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just pray as we worship Jesus, we just welcome the Holy Spirit to come. We welcome the Holy Spirit to seal what he's spoken to our hearts. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you would activate these gifts in the midst of your people again, O Lord. Ordinary people that we are, Lord, increase our faith and our expectation that through ordinary people like us, just like Mary, that, Jesus, you can happen. You can flow in and through us. And so, Lord, we just give ourselves to refresh this morning in your precious name. Hallelujah. Let's just linger for a few moments and allow the Holy Spirit to minister as we worship.